Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Yahweh, or Jehovah, is the proper name of God. It means the existing one and Lord. I am, as the Lord introduced himself to Moses in Exodus 3, 14, 15, communicates the substantive meaning of Yahweh, which reveals that God is a self-existent creator and sustainer of all things. Rapha is a Hebrew word that translates to heal, physician, cure, and repair. When Yahweh and Rapha are combined to Yahweh Rapha, it means Yahweh heals or the Lord that heals. God introduced himself as the Lord that heals in Exodus 15:26. The book of Exodus is broken into two parts. The first part, chapters 1 through 19, chronicle the miraculous liberation of the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. The second part, chapters 20 through 40, chronicle the covenant that God made with the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. In chapter 14, the Lord saved the people of Israel from Pharaoh's attempt to carry them back into bondage by helping the Israelites cross the sea on dry land as the water stood still, and then using the sea to drown the Egyptians who pursued them. So when Israel saw the great power the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in God and in his servant Moses. In response, Moses and the people of Israel sang a song to praise God for miraculously delivering them from the Egyptians. They praised and worshiped the Lord for his faithfulness and expressed profound gratitude and joy as they continued their journey to the promised land. Then the chapter shifts to a narrative that marks the first time that God would test the people of Israel. The people of Israel wandered in the wilderness for three days and were unable to find water. Finally, they discovered Marah, but they were unable to drink the water because it was bitter, hence its name as Marah means bitter. Having seemingly forgotten how God just delivered them from their enemies by sparing them from suffering from the ten plagues and drowning the Egyptians that pursued them in the Red Sea, the people of Israel lost sight of the goodness and faithfulness of God and grumbled against Moses saying, What are we to drink? Now Google defines grumbling as complaining about something in a bad-tempered manner. The people of Israel knew that Moses was God's representative. Thus, when they grumbled against Moses, they were actually grumbling against God. Victor Hamilton put it this way, Murmuring is a frame of mind in which one believes that in difficulties, God is insufficient. The author of Hebrews, referring to the rebellion described in Exodus 17 verses 1 through 7, suggests that murmuring leads to hardening of hearts and forfeiting one's position in God's kingdom. Exodus 15, 22 through 27 foreshadows the grumbling and forfeiture of faith that many people think about as they reflect on the Old Testament storyline of the people of Israel. Most importantly though, it reveals the faithfulness and mercy of God that he demonstrates despite the grumbling of his people. Exodus 15:26 gives us insight into God's faithfulness because it was there that God revealed himself as Yahweh Rapha. The New International Version reads as follows. Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. 
He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Now, after Moses prayed earnestly to God, the Lord instructed him to throw wood into the water as a visual indication of the miracle that God was about to do. And then the water that was bitter became sweet. And that's when God uttered his promise. God spoke the promise negatively. I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. His promise was also conditional and it was predicated on the people of Israel doing four things. One, listening carefully to the Lord your God. And two, doing what is right in his eyes. Three, paying attention to his commands. And four, keeping all his decrees. God's message was clear. As long as the people of Israel met those conditions of obedience, then he would not inflict them with the diseases he put on the Egyptians. And his word would sort of function like a doctor's directives that present disease. An ancient Jewish scholar interpreted God's word as follows. The straightforward sense of the verse is that healer is not like a noun like doctor, but a verb. I am the one who heals you. It is not the way of a master to tell his servants, if you do all I ask, I will not kill you by means of horrible diseases. And none of that aligns with the promises of the Torah. There are no promises in the Torah that are of this kind. This verse is not a promise, but a warning that they must not be among God's enemies like the Egyptians. If they heed him, they will escape from all the diseases that are liable to come upon those who cross his will as did the Egyptians. It is comparable to the threat issued in Deuteronomy 2860. He will bring back upon you all the sicknesses of Egypt that you dreaded so, and they shall cling to you. But I, the Lord am your healer is a promise. I will remove from your midst all diseases that occur as an ordinary part of life, just as I healed the water. Abraham Ezra points this out in his commentary to verse 25, that this healing of the water is the reverse of the first plague directed against the Egyptians. It shows that God can turn bitter water into sweet water and sweet water into bitter water. He can act in either way. So one must fear him and love him so that he will treat one well as he sweetened the water for the Israelites. In summary, God is the ultimate physician. He heals souls, bodies, and lands, both figuratively and literally. Indeed, Yahweh Rapha is the Lord that heals. Exodus 15. But Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in 
the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods are stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. Till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water, and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. People first think about physical healing when they learn the meaning of Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. But God's healing is not limited to our physical bodies. 
In fact, the most significant healing that God offers us is the healing of our souls. He wants us to heal emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. He wants to heal our brokenness, fears, anxieties, and doubts. And he wants to restore our relationship with him and make us whole. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord that heals and describes God's healing and restorative power. We are first introduced to Jehovah Rapha in Exodus 15:26. The story recounts how the Israelites who had been newly liberated from slavery journeyed for three days and were unable to find water. Unfortunately, when they finally found some water, it was bitter. In response, they grumbled against Moses who cried out to God, who then instructed Moses to throw a piece of wood into the water. Miraculously, the bitter water transformed into potable, sweet water. You see, the Lord could have provided water for the Israelites in many ways, but he chose to heal the water so that they could drink it right away. He wanted to show them that he was the source of their refreshment. And he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. In proclaiming, I am the Lord, your healer, God promised the Israelites that in consequence of their obedience, he will put upon them none of the diseases of the Egyptians. Testifying about the God-fearing man, David writes, The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness thou healest all his infirmities. In addition, the psalmist repeatedly prayed and thanked God for healing. He consistently demonstrated that obedience to God's word and an attitude of mercy are shown to be essential for healing and health. Praising God regardless of your health status. Just as the Israelites grumbled against God, we too can quickly lose sight of God's faithfulness and goodness in the midst of our trials and tribulations, especially when it comes to our health. That is why it is so important to remember that regardless of your health status, God is good and worthy to be praised. And if you are able to read, watch, or listen to this content, you can thank God for granting you at least one aspect of health. If you are able to move, breathe, touch, taste, hear, smell, or speak, you have a reason to praise the Lord. And because of the diverse benefits that come with any of those various abilities, you can thank God for the opportunity to be able to enjoy life in at least one way. Furthermore, whether you only see medical providers for annual visits or frequently visit them to receive care for chronic illness, disease, or any disorder, you can thank God for providing us with modern medicine and skilled medical professionals who help us recover from illnesses and injuries and even provide pain relief for people that suffer before dying. We can also thank God for creating the neuroplastic brains that allow us to recover from the long-term effects of trauma, toxic stress, heartbreak, and the everyday disappointments and experiences we have as a result of living in a fallen world. Thus, no matter what your health condition is, there is at least one reason to express thanks and gratitude to God. When we struggle to find that one reason to thank God, it can cause us to develop strong feelings of bitterness, a sense of brokenness, and a desperate longing for healing and restoration that we don't feel confident God can provide. But we must remember that God is the healer. The descriptive phrase, I am the Lord who heals you, testifies to the mercy and power of God. By using the descriptive title of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord made a definitive statement, 
all healing comes from him. Therefore, regardless of what we go through, God is able to transform the bitterness of our lives into something sweet and refreshing. Jehovah Rapha can restore every area of your life and make you whole. Make no mistake, the Lord God is healer. Still, we must understand he may not always heal us when or the way we ask him to. People have oversimplified or abused the knowledge of God to promote the idea that God will always heal us from every physical or psychological ailment that plagues our loved ones or us. They pray, prophesy, decree, and declare, and lay their hands on desperately hopeful people eager to receive physical, psychological, or spiritual healing after receiving a word or healing touch of God by faith. Yet after the fanfare, the hopeful person becomes heartsick after realizing their condition is exactly the same as when they first believed. Nevertheless, that God does not always heal people in ways we can readily observe or understand is not evidence that he is not healer, nor does it mean that God wants, as if to have some masochistic desire or ill intent, wants us to be sick or suffering. However, it does demonstrate three things. First, we depend on God forever to provide everything we need to live, move, and function on the earth. Second, the type of healing we have in mind may not be part of God's sovereign will. Third, He will give us the grace and peace we need to endure whatever it is we're struggling with, and consequently, we will be able to mature in the faith and love God more. Meanwhile, God is glorified through it all. Expanding on that point, Alan Killen writes, The fact that though Paul healed so many others, but he himself was not delivered, even when he prayed for it three times, shows it is God's will for some to suffer for their own good. This further proves that healing does not depend on our faith in God alone. It is dependent on God's will. So the prayer of faith that heals the sick, as talked about in James 5.15, is that prayer which God gives to his own in which the child of God has the assurance before he asks that his request is in God's will and it is going to be answered. This is made clear in 1 John 5, 14 through 15, where we read, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Prayer for healing and the confidence that God will answer that prayer does bring healing, but only when it is God's will to heal will that faith itself of God be present. The lesson is this. If the Lord heals you or your loved one, it is his sovereign will to do so. And even if he doesn't heal you or your loved one, then he will give you the grace to endure whatever physical, psychological, or spiritual issue you may be facing. Meanwhile, know and trust that the Lord is perfectly good and worthy to be praised in sickness and in health.